New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Kelvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. Heather Smith is a fourth-generation geeky. Her grandfather, Orson Gigi, opened up one of Salt Lake's first kitchen supply stores in 1945. Since then, Gigi has become a staple to the community, serving not only restaurants, but probably more often, and dare I say more importantly, families. In fact, their motto is, Gigi, another family tradition, because that's truly what Gigi has become to the community, part of the family. In today's episode, I talked to Heather, one of six daughters keeping the Gigi tradition alive by encouraging families to gather around the table and make mealtime memorable. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited to have my friend Heather Smith here. She's not just friend, it feels more like family these days. <laughs> we have worked together now for about three years at Orson Gigi, and it has become, as you know, my home away from home. I love teaching my classes there and just spending so much time with the Gigi family that Truly, they've become a family to me, and I have loved watching them grow as a company, as a business, and individually um, as the family works together to run the store. And so I've invited Heather to share their story because the story of Orson Gigi, the store, it's a longstanding store that's been in Salt Lake for a really long time, and it means a lot to the community. And so I'm just really excited to have Heather here to share the story <laughs> about the store and also the family um, and kind of the mission statement yes, of Orson Giggy. You're definitely the honorary blonde sister. <laughs> so am. thanks for this family of six brunettes. You fit in nicely. Well, thank you for including me. I don't think you had a choice because oh. I kind of forced <laughs> myself into the family. I've just really admired all of you and how you've worked together and your mom and your dad and just this whole story. I feel like anyone who walks in, especially people who have been in the Utah area, the Salt Lake area, they understand that feeling that they walk in and it feels like family. You Aww. recognize employees, you you know the smell yes. of the store and it's a staple in the community. But I want to back up a little bit. Okay. You are part of the Gigi family. We are. And uh, so you know the history, you know the whole story. Walk us through how this all came about, who was Orson Gigi and how did you get involved now, you know, generations later? Yeah. So we are the fourth generation, which sometimes I feel like the fourth generation is the one that's going to mess things up. So part of me is like, hurry kids, grow up so we can pass it to the fifth without like ruining anything. But no, we, um, I've had the privilege of working with my dad, my grandma, uncles, aunts, cousins, you know, this has really been a true family business, you know, where you hear that, but there's like maybe one person left <laughs> in the family, but there's multiple generations still working at the store. I mean, my grandma's in her eighties now and she still was like, I'm coming in. And so she keeps <laughs> me that. on my toes. She'll come in and say, are you still talking to your phone a lot? And, you know, <laughs> asking questions about what we're doing. And so she's still like our for real boss. And, yeah. and I'm like, she just is sharp as a tack and just, we love it. But Orson Gigi is a real person. I feel like some people are like, is it Orson and Gigi? Yeah. Or like growing up, I would be like, oh yeah, I work at Orson Gigi. And they're like, oh, is that a law firm? Like what? <laughs> like, is it two last names? But nope. no, it's one person. Um, 
started as our grandpa was a used car salesman and he was like working in that field and had some like entrepreneurial spirit of ideas and things that he wanted to help grow this business. And they were like, you know, stick to what you are doing and just like, just sell cars. And he was just like, no, I need more to do. I need this. So he would like, he decided to start selling knives and they would go door to door selling kitchen knives, which like before, like, like where wait. do you go buy kitchen things, Exactly, right? but that's kind of like the pre-Cutco knife oh, salesman yes, thing he was yes. doing. Oh my gosh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so, so he went from car sales to knife sales. Yeah, and he would like buy some knives and then he'd go sell it. Okay, then I can buy a little bit more and buy some and buy a little bit more. And he would just like start doing that. Um, and, you know, years later, he actually was like the person who was the first person to bring soft serve ice cream to the West. So he would, he drove to New York. What? Up How a, did he get that idea? I'm sure just heard like, like, oh wait there. Cause this was like when mom and pop restaurants Give me a year. were- well, so Orson Gigi started in 1945. Okay, the and story so this started. was like a little bit before then. And we're not quite sure. Like there's been also a family. <laughs> this is the fun thing about family businesses <laughs> is that I have my, like my story. My dad has his story. You know, aunts and uncles have their stories. But like 1945 was like the day where they're like, okay, Orson Gigi was started. Okay. So there was things that the family was doing and he had many kids and involved the family trying to get things going. Um, but you know, just started like, so we'd drive to New York, would pick up an ice cream machine, drive it back to Utah, would sell it, then go pick another one. <laughs> and like, he was just helping to grow the West to be like, so he was selling soft serve ice cream machines to businesses. Yes. He was bringing that out here and helping local businesses yes. through his business. Yeah. And oh, was cool. like, and that's kind of where he realized that like, okay, these mom and pop, think of like the hamburgers, you know, like the drive-ins and yeah. all these things. Like he was trying to get them to, and was just to supply them with everything that they needed. I think one of the, like the funniest things is like one of your favorite items that we sell is our squeeze bottles, right? Yeah. Like your drip. Yes, that, my drip bottle. That was like the first thing that was in the store. And my no. grandma was like, oh, squeezy, like, you know, the squeeze bottles. That was like the first thing that we put on the shelves at the store. And I find like, there's so many things that we are like appreciate and love as part of like what we sell now. That is what started Orson Kiki. Oh my gosh. So how did he go from bringing ice cream machines from New York, which makes sense because New York or LA, you know, you've got the coast where all yes. the trends are happening. Yeah. So wait, I mean, just so smart and in tune with the <laughs> trends, bringing that out here to, to Utah, which is so nice. Um, but then how did he then all of a sudden decide, I'm going to start a store, like a storefront. That's a big deal. Well, I think he was really in tune. And this is one of the things that I feel like we have been able to like capitalize from what he did. He's he was very in tune with what the customers were wanting. So rather than just open a store with the things that he felt like people were needing, he was like, okay, what are the things that you're wanting? What are the things that you're needing? And he would go and supply them. You know, his, the model used to be your like one stop supply. Like yeah. it was like one source supply where like, we will get you whatever you need. You just okay. need to let us know like what you, you need. And we still have that model. Like I love yeah. getting like requests from customers where they're like, Hey, you know, I'm having a hard time finding this, but we'll find it. We can, yeah. we can help find that for you. And you have, you do yes. all the time. I think <laughs> because you have such good communication on social media and through your newsletter and just with your customers, when they come in the store, the, you, you always want to be like, Oh yes, I do have this and never being the one to say, no, I don't have that. And so if you don't have it, you go find it, which has been awesome. Cause I've seen so many new cool things come into right? the store since we've worked together. Fat Daddy-O's is a brand that was request from one of our customers 
customers where we would not have, like, we would have just been carrying the same pans years and years, but she's like, I know it's the funniest name, but you need to, these are the best pans ever. And we were kind of like, oh, we're good. Like, we can't. And she's like, no, just try them. And blown away by their quality. Well, now it's your whole cake pan aisle. And they're our they're my favorite pants, that daddy <laughs> That's not even like an advertisement. No. I just freaking love them. They're the best. That is so cool. I think that takes a lot as a business owner um, to be able to welcome, not criticism, but feedback, oh, constructive yeah. feedback. Like I don't see this in the store. I'd really like it. And then to just be able to run with it um, and work with your community the way that you guys do to it's the best build your, your store. It's amazing. So he starts in 1945 starts building the store in the same location, right? That you're at right now. So there was one location on, and again, this is where I'm like, I need to like get my facts totally straight. But I believe there was a location that was on Main Street, just a small little one. And then it moved to, yes, the location we were at. And it continued. So many people, this is another part of the job that I love is that like I get like family history lessons Uh by working every day because this was a part of so many people's lives coming in. And like, I remember going with my grandma. I remember going with my mom. And it was kind of like Costco before Costco's where he was able to buy large cans of food and large packets of plates. And so all of the churches around and anyone who's throwing a family party or a reunion or something, like everyone went to Orson Gigi because that's the only place where there was no Costco. Right. So it really became a community. It wasn't just for businesses, but other people, families got wind of, hey, I can buy in bulk here, which, hey, that's great. Oh my gosh. Especially for these big families. The the church wards had charge accounts. So you could come in and be like, (laughs) I'm in the Salt Lake First Ward and you could charge to your account and we would send a bill to the bishop and the bishop would like, like it was crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, then when did you start working there? Cause you've been there a long time. You were a teenager when you started working. So yeah, I started working when I was 14 years old. We, How did you get involved? Was grandma and grandpa still working? When did your dad take over? Where was yeah. the transition there? Yeah. So we lived in California until I was 14 years old and my grandma, like, um, so Orson, well, let me take a step back. Orson passed away in 83 and left the business to, um, his kids. And so there was multiple people running the different aspects of the store and doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I feel like every child in that generation did a great job of kind of filling in. You know, my grandma took care of a lot of the bookkeeping and oh my goodness, she had this book that she knew every price of, I mean, now we go to a computer and it tells us yeah, everything. She had it all right now. She, I remember you, you could go me in that. and say, grandma, well, how much is a case of solo plates? And she would be like, oh, it's this, but I think the price has gone up and nope, nope, it's right. That's <laughs> it. And, you know, she would, she just knew every little thing, but you know, she had her brothers that would run the store and do the ordering. Yeah. And, you know, it was just amazing to watch that, but they were all getting older. Yeah. And, um, in 90, like 94, oh gosh, how old? Yeah, 94. 1994, um, we were living in California and my dad was in the construction industry. And like, she just said, Hey, I need some help doing this. Do you mind coming back to Utah and helping us, you know, run gigis? Uh-huh. And we moved back. And like, I look at that. As, was there any hesitation for your parents? I think like, so when we moved to California, the housing industry here was really bad. And so it was great for them to move out there. And it like had come back better. And I think my dad initially was like, no, I'll help with Gigi's for a little bit. And then I'll go back to the mm. construction because he mm-hmm. loves building. He loves doing yeah. things with, with his hands. Um, and so I think like he, I don't think he intended to like stay there, yeah. but then, you know, it became a part of who he is. And now I think like he can, I mean, it was a perfect fit for yeah. all of us. We were growing up and I know our parents wanted us to be in a place where they were like, okay, there's, you know, a we want our kids to grow up in Utah. Mm-hmm. And so we moved back here and, um, you know, it, it, it was a great thing for my dad to like, you know, he had to like take generations of 
ways things were being done and like kind of change that to the next level. Right, kind of move it forward a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of stuck at where it was and doing things. Um, And I think the biggest thing that helped that in 1998, we had a fire and someone had come in and, you know, taken some things and there was gas lines that had been poured. Someone, you know, that started it on fire and, you know, it was... It burned the whole thing down. Yeah, it was... It was wall that was all that was left were walls of you know things and number ten cans of food were popping for days and days after. I mean, oh it was just gosh. one of the hottest fires in like Salt Lake's history. I guess like, one of the someone who was a firefighter was like, "This is still talked about like as you're training firefighters." Like wow. this was like because the way that Orson Gigi was set up was. I mean, there was thousands of items in the store. And I mean, mm-hmm. if anyone ever has memories of this old store, it was the aisles were small and it was dark and you would have to ask for things because you're like, um, I don't know where to look for this, yeah. but they had everything. Again, like it kind of yeah. goes along with like what he was saying. We're like, we would get whatever people would need. So sometimes, mm-hmm. okay, cans of things would get put up high and you would just have to ask where they were. But um, yeah, it, when it burnt down, it was kind of like, all right, where do we go with this? Where, and, where did you go with that? So it was, I mean, it was a, honestly a blessing in disguise, which I, you know, looking at a fire and going, oh, that whole huge building and warehouse yeah. and just yeah. and all of the so many years of 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 business and I mean yeah. that's where they kept everything we didn't have like luckily there was like a computer that had backed up some things on mm-hmm. but like and I think the hardest thing for us is that there was things in there that could never be replaced of, yeah. you know that were like Orson's. your grandma's bookkeeping yes. and the pictures and or you know Orson had a cane as he walked and you know there's little things like that that like dad's like I just wish we like had yeah. like those memorabilia things that like we knew that like these are this is part of our family yeah um but you know it was by at the time 1998 was when like the food network was getting really big and cooking wasn't so much looked at as like the chore for things like people were like oh we can have fun with the things that we're doing oh. and we can kind of like make cooking to be like something we do together rather than, yeah. you know, the closed off room that no one really wants to talk mm-hmm. about. And so it gave us a good opportunity to take a switch from going for like the restaurant side of things to yeah. the home cook. Oh. And so it's been fun kind of still carrying both sides of things because yeah. we still carry a lot of restaurant style things. But I think in a home that's being used a lot and cooked, mm-hmm. like people are cooking a lot, you do want those restaurant style things in your yeah. kitchen. And so, I mean, I look at like bread, everyone's doing bread right, right. now, those <laughs> big containers for your bread proofing. I'm like, this is what people have used in kitchens for years, but it hasn't always been in home kitchens. Right. So. Oh my God. Well, and I think what was amazing too in this story is that literally the day after the fire, you had set up shop, your family had set up shop in a temporary location and all your vendors who you have these great relationships with and wanted to support you were bringing in new supplies, new product immediately because you had orders to fill for weddings and you were, where did you find? You were in some random like location, but you were able to find something to just sell from and people and your community of families were still coming and immediately buying from you that next day there to support you. I mean, that just speaks volumes to how people appreciated or how much they appreciated your store and the family there and what you guys provided for them. For sure. And I, and it was a lot of local support. I mean, people who, you know, you look now, you're like, oh, they're a competitor. We can't mm-hmm. do, we can't talk to them. But no, like people who were in the same industry as us and, you know, we were all trying to do, they sent stuff over and you're like, 
here, sell this, take care of your customers, do whatever you need, let us know. And we'll, you know, pace back when you can. But a lot of it goes back to the way Orson Gigi started Orson Gigi. And like, you know, I said, like he would buy a knife and then go get another knife. Mm-hmm. And he made sure that the like debts were paid before he took the product. And wow. so in a place where, you know, people were, you know, like, oh yeah, we'll pay back after we sell it. Like his whole motto, and it's still how we run things today, where like we don't, we don't want to like overwhelm ourselves mm-hmm. with debt and things like mm-hmm. that. And so we were able to carry this, that same thing on. We're like, you know, Orson Gigi's done a good job to take care of us. So we're going to come and return the favor and take care of them. And so it, I mean, we opened up a little trailer off the site and it was on the, the site of the fire. Mm-hmm. And I remember like helping people get their little scrollware wedding plates and nuts. I mean, it's when people were doing nut, nut yeah. cups and they're like, <laughs> what, but like weddings didn't stop just because nope. Orson Gigi had a fire. Nope. And so we were like, and people were like, thank you so much for doing this. We didn't know what we we're going to do for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, it was, I mean, it was crazy and it was, I mean, it was so much fun too, but, and then we moved over to 17 South. So just a little bit North from where we are now and just a warehouse space. I remember my dad doing so much to like, he had this like inflatable, like balloon that we would put out like a, <laughs> so people, people would people recognize would know you because it was in such an industrial area. And I remember like, we'd go bring it in every night yeah. and you're, you're pulling this huge, like inflatable balloon. I'm thinking like, of those like squiggly balloons yes. that are in front of car dealerships, <laughs> yes. which takes you back to a gig, you know, yes. Orson's like original, you yes. know, roots there. So how long, um, did it take to get back into the location, the original location that you're at right so now? So we had, had to we rebuild back, everything. Yeah, so two years. So we two were years. back there in 2000. Um, and I think the thing, so the Orson Gigi company had to like make a, a point right there. Mm-hmm. Like our, you know, they were had to decide. It was still while my grandma and her siblings were running everything and they were getting older. And I think, you know, they were definitely given an opportunity right there to say, okay, let's just sell it. Let's, yeah. let's be done. And someone had approached them and, you know, and gave and offered them uh, oh, really? like something yeah. like, Hey, we want to take it from here. Can we do this? And, you know, they, they were like, this isn't, this is like probably good for our families. Mm-hmm. We can retire, we can be done. And you know, they were really prayerful and were like, no, this is not what Orson Gigi worked so hard to do. And so, you know, they're like, okay, no, we're going to continue doing this. We're going to change things a little bit. But it was, that was the turning point for the way that Orson Gigi is now and, and the place. And I, there's a quote that our, I should have looked it up before, but um, it's in, on talks about the fire. And our, yeah. our dad is quoted as saying like, the Orson Gigi company is, the people, the, the employees and the customers, the things that were in that store are not what makes Orson Gigi. Yeah. And so like, that was like what was able to carry it. I mean, so we still yeah. have that where like we care, we remember that where it was like the connection and the people who help us spread that are what make Orson Gigi just because those items are now gone. Mm-hmm. Those are replaceable. Exactly. But I I agree because I think from the moment I stepped in the store, which was about five years ago, I had lived in Salt Lake growing up for just a few years. I I was young. I was in elementary school or something. Um, We moved away and I came back with my family about five years ago. And I remember hearing about the story as I was getting started with my cakes and everything. And friends were like, oh, you've got to go up to Salt Lake and go to Orson Gigi. And it's this great story. You'll just fall in love. And I did. I mean, I'm the moment I, I walked in, there was Frank and his turtleneck and his mustache. Oh my gosh, his fanny and pack. His fanny pack. And I, then from that moment on, I would always see Frank when I walked in. And then there was Marcy, you know, and 
you're seeing the same employees with the same smile and the same, um, just generosity of time. And let me help you find that. What do you want to know about melting chocolate and tempering chocolate and spending the time and creating relationships? And I think anyone feels that when they walk in, you know, especially like you've got, like you said, generations of families coming into the store because that's where you go for your kitchen supply and you go for classes and, and to learn and to, um, I feel like I see more families and I'm sure you have lots of commercial restaurants and everything that go in there too, but I see families when we're teaching classes and I look outside our class window in there and you're seeing a grandma and her daughter and her daughter, you know, like going through the store together. It's an experience as they're walking in. And it, and we had a girl come to class one time and she was being surprised. You remember Catherine? Yes. yes. um, Who we also interviewed and she uh, was blindfolded and it was surprised that she was coming but she said, oh, I know where we are. And she still had her blindfold on. And it, she goes, because I know the smell. We're at Orson Gigi. And I remember that just brought tears to your eyes. It because, still is right now. <laughs> because it was so impactful that a smell that you have, your store is so just well appreciated, well loved by the community that they even know the smell. They know the people. And I don't think you get that in every store that you go to, especially a store so big like yours. But there's a connection that you and your sisters and your parents and all the employees have made with everyone who walks in that door. Tell me the the secret (laughs) sauce to that, because I think it's really unique and hard to come by these days, that connection that you guys have with the community. And when Catherine said that, it was almost, it was such a tender mercy because there's so many times through this journey that as I feel like, you know, being the fourth generation, I'm like, is this how Orson, would Orson be proud? Yeah. And, you know, there's things that we're doing differently than what he did. And there's things that and even from our dad to us, there's things he's like, hey, I'm trusting you. Mm-hmm. But when she said that, it was almost like Orson Gigi was like, I'm still here. Yeah. And, you know, like when we built this new building, it was like, it doesn't have the smell yet. Mm-hmm. And it did not take very long. Like it was like a few weeks and we're like, oh, there it is. When you yeah. walk in, you can smell it. And it's a combination of the chocolate and the flavorings and the tools and everything mm-hmm. in there that it just creates this perfect smell of like Orson Gigi. But um, I think, you know, as we've just kind of transitioned through this, so I worked there a little bit through high school, yeah. um, but not like full time like I do now. And then I went to school at UVU and my dad was like, hey, why don't you work while you're going to school? I think it was really good for me because I wasn't quite ready to go full time with school and I didn't really know what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And he's like, just come work, you know, go to school Tuesdays and Thursdays and come work on the other days. And it was so great for me to learn a balance and things. And Mm -hmm. I think it's helped me like as I've been a mom and an employee and a wife and all Mm -hmm. of these things of like, okay, there's times and a place for all of these things, but it also opened like, the idea that, you know, our, our dad has all girls, six girls and seven, including you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, he, there was never once where it was like, oh, these poor girls, they don't have a brother to mow the lawn or they, you know what I mean? So like he would have to do everything like, no, our dad taught us that like, whatever you guys want to be able to do, you can do it. And growing up, he's like, I think I raised a bunch of man haters because we really were very independent and we all are married and love our spouses (laughs) very much. So don't worry, he didn't do that. But like, we were independent and, you know, it taught us that like, whatever we wanted to do, we, we could do it. And so as I started working at Orson Gigi and in full disclosure, like I remember working there through high school and being like, who shops here? (laughs) 
Like <laughs> why? Like what are people? Their like, appreciation wasn't there. The cooking was yeah. not something that I enjoyed at that mm-hmm. time. And I'm like, who like wants to come in here and buy a huge yeah. bowl to cook all of these things when you could just go get takeout and it'll be fine, right? <laughs> yeah. Until I moved out of the house and then I started cooking for other people, and it was like that light bulb moment, which we sometimes see in classes where mm-hmm. I'm like, it's almost a very contagious feeling, right? Yeah. And something happened where I was creating food from my heart, something that I was really excited about and seeing other people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge shift in my thinking about how food is created and how no matter wherever the recipe comes from, if it's coming from your heart, there's something beautiful and delicious yeah. and amazing from there. And my whole outlook of why I work there and how I work there and who shops there all changed. And I, I you know, I attribute that to, you know, a change of my heart and mm-hmm. realizing that like these things that I was doing just because you have to eat, right? You yeah. have to cook and changing that from something to I enjoy cooking and I love cooking and I want my favorite thing is having people over you know like having people around your table and Mm -hmm. like when someone takes the first bite of cake aren't you like I'm literally watching their mouth and their eyes (laughs) and I'm just waiting for the reaction at the edge of my seat because I want them to love it as much as I do but I also want them to know how much I love them through what I've made. Exactly. You know, like that's a way of, that's how we communicate. I know you and I are the same. Communicate our love, um, our friendship, our just appreciation to people is being able to cook them something and serve them something and be in the kitchen with them. Yes. And I, you guys didn't always have the classes. That's something you guys introduced more recently um, since kind of the third and fourth generation have kind of taken over. But I feel like that is such a big part now of the store and the community, because all of a sudden you go from supplying families with the product to supplying them with the knowledge. Yes. And I love how that has brought the whole store and all the employees closer to the community and how it's brought the community closer to this idea of, um, just bringing the, like kind of reintroducing, I think we got away for, from a, for a little bit, but now this whole trend of like, especially now that we're quarantined, right? Like we're <laughs> recording this in, in April while um, there's some social distancing still going on, but we're bringing people back to the kitchen together yes. and our families back at the kitchen table. And that's how I grew up. My parents split when I was a senior in high school, but we had the best memories in the kitchen and at the kitchen table. And so when I, when you and I met and you were starting classes and those were growing and we were able to work together to bring our passion, our, you know, shared passion of loving the kitchen and creating memories and strengthening families and friendships through what we do in the kitchen, it just like clicked. And then we were able to really, for me, I was able to see it as we were able to do that in the classes and arm people with the yes. knowledge that they needed I mean, I think that for me has been huge watching you guys do that. But don't you think like that's kind of a new direction that the third and fourth generation of the Gigi family has taken? Yeah. Well, store? You, know, you look at what cooking was and it was mm-hmm. considered a chore. And you, I mean, you look at how a, a house was laid out and, you know, in the past kitchens were these small 
blocked off areas where it's like, okay, this is where all the work is done. And then we'll have a dining room where this is where the fun happens, but whoever's Mm -hmm. cooking the food is set off to the side. Right, there's a door that's closed off. Where now, like, the kitchen is the absolute heart of the home, Mm -hmm. and people want to be there. I'm like, don't come and sit in my living room. Come and let's make stuff together in the kitchen. And so I feel so fortunate that that's how the world has shifted and like we were able to share that message through that because, you know, like I said, when my dad was like starting the Food Network was big. So people were like, oh, I can make these restaurant style meals and I can mm-hmm. make things other than a casserole. And I, I mean, you look at the shift in Utah alone and what mm-hmm. the food ha- industry has done. And like right. people are like, okay, we're no longer green jello and casseroles and all of these things that <laughs> Utah was known for. on green jello for a while. Oh, totally. But I just, you know, I look at like where we've been able to take it and, mm-hmm. and support that. And I, I mean, there's so many memories around food. If you look at like your, if you look at your past and memories with your grandma or memories for birthdays, or, you know, there's something right. that is, revolves, involves food. And mm-hmm. so in that regard, it's, it's a part of our, our culture and our history, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. Yeah. And so embracing it and helping to make those things. And, and I, I think some of our, our favorite things is where people are like, my mom didn't cook or my, you know, I wasn't taught these things. And people are trying so hard to pass those things on because mm-hmm. they realize the importance and they want their family and their kids to have these memories of recipes and yeah. doing things in the kitchen. And so it's been so fun for us to kind of just piggyback on that and be like, you know, we're, I, sometimes I feel like, oh, we're not really teaching you anything new other than just bringing those memories back and building a connection. And I, and I, but I also think you are teaching people new things. I'm, I'm always learning. Oh. If you guys don't already follow Orson Gigi on Instagram, um, Heather and her sisters, Candace and Connie, they're on their weekly giving tutorials. They're doing experiments on baking soda and baking powder and proofing your yeast. And I mean, there is just so much knowledge that they are just sharing because they want you to have all the knowledge. They want to arm you with everything you need to know to get into the kitchen and feel confident and create those memories and those experiences. Um, but you are doing it with such passion. (laughs) We do love the kitchen. (laughs) We do. And I love that because I think it's contagious. I think I watch you and I'm just like, well, yeah, okay. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm jumping (laughs) on the bread train because Heather and Candace are so excited about bread today. And we're talking yeast and we're talking pans and what's the best chocolate chip cookie. And you're just, I think, helping to fuel a passion and a love for the kitchen. And it often starts out as a little hobby for many of us, like cake did for me and working at the store did for you. But the more you do it, the more you appreciate it and you learn to love it. And then you want to share it. And then there's all these connections made. And I feel like you've been at the store now for so many years. You've probably seen some really cool experiences, heard some cool stories. Do any come top of mind? Just kind of how this whole idea of making mealtime just an experience and a memorable moment for, for people? Well, there's so many different things. I mean, we learn something from our customers every single day where, you know, tell us what you're making, tell us what you're doing. And they'll come in and have this intricate recipe. And I'm like, wait, what is this? And we're (laughs) supposed to be teaching them, helping them. And I'm like, let me Google, you know? So then it makes us try and stay up on our game. Um, But I think some of the best parts is that I've been able to learn more about like my family too, through other people's stories. Um, And like one of our tagline is another family tradition. And when we started like incorporating that with Orson Gigi, it was intended like, or like, okay, you know, we're now 
going into the fourth generation, but it was it meant to be like because it's part of your family too. Yeah. And so people will come in and you know, someone came to it. It was like I think it was a cake class, and she was saying, Yeah, we used to come in with my grandkids and Orson Gigi would sneak them candy. And, you know, like, and, you know, she's like, and I just like my grandkids, whenever they said, oh, we're, can we go to Orson Gigi with you? Because mm-hmm. they knew that he would give them a treat. And so I've learned so much more about like my family history because he passed away when I was a baby. And so yeah. I didn't really know him. And so like learning things that people like associated with him. And I mean, I met my dad's, I think he was a sixth grade teacher. He came in a few years ago. My dad, like, him aside, he said, are you Mr.? And I can't remember his name. <laughs> I have a picture on my phone. And I'm like, just parts like, I'm like, when else would I ever get yeah. to meet my dad's sixth grade teacher? Yep. Um, and so I think part, you know, aspects of that have been, you know, so important for us to remember that like, there's just so much fun that happens in the kitchen. And because of that, it's given me memories of, of people that I didn't have the opportunity to know and and learn from so it's been so fun. <laughs> I love that. Well, so what does the kitchen mean to you? I mean, you're you're a mom of four. Yeah, four kids. Your husband works. You've been working at the store for you know forever. We'll yes. just say, um, and you have odd hours sometimes. We've been there late together for a kid <laughs> class and and working on some of my stuff. You work Saturdays, um, but you did talk about this, like learning the balance, and you still go home and cook for your family, and you're in the kitchen. I mean. I guess this is kind of a two-part question. I want to know what the kitchen means to you. And I also am curious to know what you hope your kids learn from everything that you're doing right now as you're juggling all this and you're carrying on that family tradition of the store. You're going to make me cry. Gosh. (laughs) Um, So the kitchen, honestly, it's a very simple thing. Like I, you look at it as like, you know, the heart of the home, but also it's can be the, the workshop and the church and the chemistry lab and all of these things. And I think it, the, the kitchen is, is the place where you can go to create. And I want my, you know, my family to realize that like, the, the kitchen is meant for everyone. And so it's not just mom's chore and it's not just dad's chore, but it's something where we can come as, together as a family and do things. And I think as my children have gotten older, it's been so fun to watch Sage, who's 13, like take on cooking and mm-hmm. like, oh, I can make noodles. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, and I want them to realize that like, this is a safe place and where this is where we have those important talks. And this is where we, come together every single night to eat dinner because there's something so amazing about coming together and just having, even if our family's schedule is crazy, we have that hour where we're eating dinner, cleaning up dinner and doing things together. And it's a safe place for all of us to gather. And so I know right now during quarantine gathers, like the worst word ever, but <laughs> it's still where my family gathers yeah. and it's it's a safe place. And so I, you know, I want my kids to realize that like, I, their mom loves the home and their mom loves them. And I do all of this so that they will can see what it's like to work hard. And if my kids want to be whatever they want to be, like they can do it. And by working hard, I hope they understand that like those late nights when you and I are up <laughs> at 3 a.m. and stress that cake classes are going live the next day and, you know, Marco Poling in our robes and... <laughs> all of these things that it was because their moms worked hard and they felt a drive to do things. I feel, you know, 
Heavenly Father's put us together. I, I look back at when, you know, I reached out to you to come teach there. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> Heather and I are going to tell you our love story real quick. <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was. It was. It was three. Crazy. It was a little over three years ago. And I was like tagging Gigi and because you guys shared stuff on social media. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe they'll share my stuff, right? I'm like, I just want my stuff shared to so people will try my recipes and hopefully make things. And I think I bugged you enough. You never like, bugged okay. it, but it was like the perfect time. Cause it was like then tra- transition where cupcakes were such a big thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, I am so done with cupcakes. <laughs> and here was this beautiful girl making these beautiful cakes. Oh. And I just be like, oh, I could sit and watch her all the time. And so, yeah, we had our big chocolate event and I was like, I'm just going to ask. I have, she'll probably say no. Cause she's so busy. And traveling the world and doing all these things. I was was still working like two jobs and, and doing the cake. But yeah, that was my first class was a little over three years ago that I taught at Orson Gigi was at the chocolate extravaganza. And that's our anniversary every year is in November. It's the best. the, The chocolate extravaganza. And then that must have gone decent, right? Because you invited me back. <laughs> I was like, wait, we need to do this all the time. And we need to do it in a hands-on kitchen. Because yeah. that's where we find is, you know, I, I we talk about connection and gathering. And we mm-hmm. love getting those big events where we can get the masses in mm-hmm. to do classes. But there's a connection when we do our hands-on classes because we keep them small and we keep them intimate. And yeah. we allow each student to build a connection with you as an instructor or mm-hmm. whoever's teaching in the kitchen. And so I knew that's where you needed to be because you do such a good job of connecting with people. I actually, I was cleaning off my phone the other day and I found the video of your first class what? on my phone. And I was dying because it's the same thing. Like you have not changed really? your lesson. Like, <laughs> which I'm like, it speaks to who you are, right? Because I think so many people are like, oh, I got to match so-and-so and and I've Mm got to keep doing what so-and-so else is doing. And you have said the same message of connection and food. And I was like, this is Courtney. Like Uh three, four years later, she's still like singing the praises of what she does in the kitchen and I'll send it to you. But it was amazing because I'm like this, this is, I think this is why like I fell in love with you from day one. Oh my gosh. Well, this (laughs) return. get back to you. I'm starting to blush. No, because it goes along with who we are. You know what I mean? Where it was like, there was a way, like you were true and you were able to like share your passion and your love and it just gave you a place to do it. And so I was glad that was which (laughs) was just the the biggest blessing to me to be able to have a place because I was doing um, classes in my home. I had done a couple and just inviting strangers. I know what was I (laughs) thinking? Inviting strangers into my home to do just demo classes. But Um, I did. I just wanted to like you guys. And I think it's why we've connected so well is just to be able to offer up what we've learned through trial and error and the years of experience to other people to help build their confidence and give them the motivation to go in the kitchen. And I feel very strongly that the kitchen is absolutely the heart of the home, that that's where our memories are created. And that's where families are safe that's where our kids feel safe and that's where they feel love and that's where we do homework and that's where we have talks, like you said. And um, to be able to go help others, you know, just feel the confidence to get in the kitchen and start making that space a happy place for them and for their kids and their partners or their friends or neighbors or whoever they're trying to help um, is all I've wanted to do. And I know you have too. And I think it's killing us right now that we can't be doing those classes. But I 
I have loved watching how you guys are connecting with the community and helping people um, through social media and in any way that you can and keeping the store open. You're going in right now and in shipping. You <laughs> don't have all your employees there. No. You're being very careful. Um, but people, you've been able to provide people with flour, with yeast, with some of the essentials that they're not being able to find at chocolate. grocery stores. Chocolate, <laughs> always chocolate. Um, and you're shipping and you're doing all the back end work because you're like, okay, we'll send the rest of the employees home to their families. And you're still going up there, yes. you know, and doing the things from the back. And I just think it speaks volumes to the integrity and the love that you have for the people around you because you just want to make them feel loved and comfortable and excited to to make the kitchen as a lovable place as it is for you and your family. Yes. And when our employees are, you know, you look at when you go into a place and if the people are not happy there, then you don't want to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the same thing with the kitchen. Like if Mm -hmm. you don't really want to be cooking and doing those things, your food doesn't taste good and no one wants to eat it because you're like, here, eat this. Um, And so with our customers or with our employees, like they've become as much of part of our family oh, as yeah. anything else. Like, I mean, we still, my kids are called Uncle Burton and, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's part of our family. And so when, you know, we have people who feel passionate about it and I could not, I mean, we, like you said, we're all kind of wearing different hats right now because yeah. I wanted the, our number one thing was like, we want our employees to feel safe. And if anyone's not feeling safe, then we will find a new place for you right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, people who are in the shipping department right now are on our live chat on mm-hmm. their computers, you know, whether it's safe at their houses or whatever. Yeah. And then we're just kind of switching places and doing things because um, the employees are what keeps going. Yeah. And if they're feeling safe and loved, and I mean, we, I love every single one of our employees. I'm like, oh, they're like all my best friends, <laughs> but they, they, they are part of our family and yeah. they keep us going. And so we couldn't do what we do without them. And so we're just glad they choose us. I mean, we've had employees there that were longer than my dad was there, yeah. you know? And so, and they were multi-generations where their yeah. dads and, you know, working in our warehouse. And you I just think, don't see that as often no. in these bigger chain stores. And I think that's why not only does our community here in Salt Lake, love your store, but I love when people come in and I hear people that are in town visiting that are like, I got to make a stop at the store, you know, (laughs) like your heart, your big piece of the Salt Lake community and your destination. And it's so cool that you've created that and just welcome anyone and everyone as part of your family. Um, I'm curious, what was as we wrap up, what was one of like the first meals? Cause I can think back to my first meal that I made Ryan when we were first married, it was a, um, lemon apricot chicken oh, dish yum. <laughs> that I thought was amazing. I literally, if he had, a, we had a sister over and we were down at our apartment, we didn't have a kitchen table. We ate at the coffee table on the couch, but I thought this chicken dish that I made was like bomb.com. Like I was so <laughs> always proud of it. And just recently found out Ryan hated it. Oh, like, isn't that but, always the case? But I remember feeling like, okay, I'm a good cook. Yeah. I might be able to do this, right? Yes. Like when I was early married and I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much and it's so fun. But can you remember like your first meal that you felt so proud of and that I, you made? I, I think it's ironic because I've, I don't bake as much as I yeah. used to maybe because we do so many baking classes that yeah. it kind of fills that area of, but I think the very first thing that I ever made from scratch was actually from one of my church leaders. She taught us how to make an apple pie in a paper bag. Oh, what? And you like 
like make the apple pie and you seal up a paper bag and like I taped it, which I don't think you were supposed to tape it. I think you were supposed to staple it because think about tape in the oven, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're supposed to like staple the bag and it creates this like perfect crust on, I would, I need to go try this now. It's yeah, kind of like Weston's cake that, that you've recreated. Yeah. Um, I need to find Lillian Wainwright because she's <laughs> the one that taught us, but um, it was the first time that I had made something like that from scratch. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my goodness, I can do this. And yeah. to watch everyone else eat it and like to enjoy it. And that that's, I think, what ignited that flame inside of me of like, okay, the kitchen is a fun place yeah. to be. And so I'm going to go find that apple pie. Okay, I want to <laughs> see that. Okay, I'm also curious because I think, um, I know I have felt that way. I grew up baking with my mom. You grew up in the kitchen, but there's still moments of self-doubt. We don't think we're as good as what we see on social media or on the Food Network or wherever, you know, that sure. we're seeing all these gourmet meals And I always tell people when they say, you know, what's the first thing I need to do or what do I need to get before I start making cakes? It's like, just start. Yeah. Just start trying and start failing because that's what it's going to take for you to start learning. What would be your piece of advice to someone who comes to you and says, Heather, I, you know, I want to get started in the kitchen. Where, where do I start? What do I do? You know, just to make their first meal and get excited. Like, how do we get people excited about going into the kitchen? I think first thing is let go of any idea of being, it has to be like this grandiose thing. I think some of my favorite meals are the most simple ones. I mean, you look at like bread right now Mm -hmm. and I love a piece of fresh bread with homemade jam on (sighs) it and, you know, hot out of the oven and you're like, give me the whole thing. I'll put away all the ice cream. I just want a piece of bread. But I think getting this idea that has to be this big masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And I think if you find a way, I mean... I think our most requested and favorite recipe to share is our dad's chicken noodle soup. Mm, it was so good. It's nothing <laughs> fancy and, you know, and it's it's nothing, but it, it speaks to your heart and it speaks to your soul. And I think, you know, as long as you're finding something that you feel passionate about mm-hmm. and you are excited to share it, then it'll taste like the most amazing meal that you've ever created. And so let go of whatever someone else's ideas are of what the perfect meal is. And just put together the flavors and the ingredients that you like, and it's going to be the best thing you've ever made. <laughs> I think that's a big part, what you like. Start yes. with what you love. What flavors sound good to you? What's your favorite dish, you know? Yes. And as you get excited about something you're making, you're going to see it through, whether it's a fail or not. And then you're going to be excited to like try again. Okay, yes. but I love this so much. If it's bread or if it's soup or something, and then you all of a sudden have more and more confidence with each time yes. that you do it. And then you'll be able to explore knowing the yeah. flavors and the, and the ingredients you like rather than what some lady on Food Network said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it becomes your own and something special for you to share. Oh, Heather, you are amazing. (laughs) You guys, the passion that Heather and her sisters and her whole family and the Giggy family have for inspiring you to get into the kitchen and create memories is just unlike any other. You've got to follow them on Instagram. When classes start back up, you guys come visit us in Salt Lake. We're going to be there every day. take (laughs) classes. We're going to get those going. But right now you can follow along on social media. Their store is open online and they are shipping nationwide. So you can still get your chocolate and your flour and your yeast and all the things you need to make all the delicious food that they are inspiring you to make. And we are just so grateful for your story, the whole Gigi family and Orson back in the day doing his ice cream and his knives. And it's just been an awesome thing to be a part of and to see in this community. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for hustling with us. We wouldn't do it any other way. (laughs) All right, you guys, we will see you next week. Thanks friends for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. 
And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. Venus, your source for fun, sexy style, is celebrating the fall fashion season during the annual Venus Fashion Week event. Just in time for cooler weather, Venus's new fall collection has arrived, and now's the perfect time to get amazing deals on new styles that look great at home or out on the town. For a limited time only, shop hundreds of new fall styles and get $20 off instantly, plus free shipping when you spend $100 or more. Visit Venus.com or download the Venus app and use the promo code PUMPKIN to save during Venus Fashion Week. And Go Go Squeeze is there for every run, jump, step of the way. Made from wholesome ingredients like 100% fruit and veggies, real yogurt, and no artificial anything. In Go Anywhere pouches, so our kids can keep going wherever their adventures take them. Go Go Squeeze. You make the memories, we'll make the snacks. Find us in the applesauce aisle. Let's go!